0: into action. And today we are speaking with Nikki Cudworth. Nikki is one of the board members for the Visalia Feral Cat Coalition. They are a nonprofit organization that serves the Central Valley in California to empower, educate, and provide resources for low cost vouchers for spay neuter for local feral and community cats. They also support local feral col- colonies through volunteers who manage and feed these colonies. Nikki started volunteering at their spay-neuter clinics and quickly developed a love and compassion for the work to prevent unwanted cats and to help the local community do the same. Nikki, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. I'm glad to be here, Stacey. So first and foremost, tell us, how did you get to be passionate about cats? It started on a personal. You know, I think it always starts with, you know, you have one in your house, right? And um, one And I think they talked to their friends, maybe through the window. So one turned to two because one showed up in our bushes and, you know, over the years have had cats, but only ever a single one. And, and, um, you know, uh, then somebody says, I have a a baby that needs fed and he's only a week old. So, of course... I said, okay, well, we'll take him. So I have four currently in in the house now. Um, I also have two semi-feral cats that live out uh, the luxury life outside. Um, So, you know, I've always loved animals and just cats have just been the general theme for, you know, about the last 10 years. So, yeah.
0: So tell me about your journey, about how you got into getting involved with Visalia. How long have you been volunteering with them? And
1: what's it like working with that organization? Okay, so I moved to California about four years ago from Ohio. And when I came out here, I got introduced to a couple of the local rescues, um, actually, when I was looking for a cat. And um, one of the rescues has cats by the tracks, and they have put place cats for adoption. And so I actually started volunteering with them, cleaning the cat cages. And one of our fellow board members is the head of that rescue here. So I volunteered for a clinic. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just, I figured I'd pass out some papers. I would, I didn't even know, honestly, I just wanted to help. And I showed up. And, you know, it was six in the morning, it was dark, it was cold. And all these people were there lined up at 530 in the morning around the building with their cats and traps. And, uh, you know, really started to realize the work that we were doing, the amount of cats that we were helping. And then the group of people, you know, I think that's so important is that the team of people that you work with. And so like, I fell in love with the organization and the work that we were doing, but I also, you know, the same thing for the group of people that we work with Um, when we do clinics or we do TNR projects. um, Somebody is just always willing to step up and help. That's great. Tell me a little bit about what your clinics are. Are they clinics that happen
0: on a regular basis? Is it all volunteer run? You know, how many cats do you do in a clinic? And, you know, being a TNR based organization, and feeling like you can create a clinic. I think that's a little bit different than like a spay-neuter clinic. That's like a nonprofit organization as a spay-neuter clinic. So I'm just wondering, you know, how
1: that program got started. Okay. So we partner with the Valley Oak SBCA out here. They actually allow us to use their building uh, and we get a vet to – volunteer necessarily, you know, we pay them for the day out of the funds that we raise and they volunteer a Saturday uh, that we pay. So we, you know, the Valley Oak SPCA gives us a discounted price. Um, It's on a Saturday and we, they provide the vet techs and the equipment and the, you know, all of the, um, the vaccines And we provide the volunteers that check the cats in, that actually are in the room that puts them down before they go into actual surgery. And then our volunteers are there to take the cats as soon as they're done with surgery. We give them flea medication and then we uh, place them in the traps and recover them. So then we continue to recover them for several hours until people come back to pick up their cats. And how are, how
0: are they coordinated? How does that work out? Are you working from like one specific colony or do people sign up for slots? How does that work?
1: So actually they sign up for slots. So we send out an email. We have a Google doc that goes, it does not roll over because obviously the cat population might not be consistent from one month to the next. They may have gotten a spot somewhere else already to TNR their cats Uh, So we have a Google Doc that goes live the first of the month at (laughs) 12.01. And so at 12.01 on the first of the month, the document is available. We currently are limited with one vet to 50 cats per clinic. So that's our goal. We have an upcoming clinic on March 18th, and our goal will be 50 cats. We usually end up doing a couple extra because inadvertently, you know, somebody ends up with two cats in a trap or whatever. But we allot for that, you know, Um, we kind of maybe over issue about, you know, a couple vouchers, knowing our spots, knowing that somebody might not be able to trap or that, you know, to make sure that we can maximize the space that we have to TNR as many possible cats. So we issue the vouchers, they sign up, and basically it's a first come first serve basis. So as many spots as we have to issue, the people that get signed up are able to get the spots
0: has the uh stay neuter pressure has it become uh greater since we've entered into this world of a veterinary shortage has has the demands on those monthly clinics I, i assume these clinics are monthly right
1: they are they are so um we have not had a formal clinic since november and um we you know the uh and i think this is nationwide right you know there's a sometimes a veterinary shortage um but we're unable to get a vet, and then we did get a vet for January and February. However, we've experienced unprecedented rains out here in the Central Valley, which is something that we're not usually used to. And so the spay and neuter room at the Valley Oak SPCA uh, had roof damage. So we were red taped out on in January and February. So we'll have our first one since November this coming Saturday, uh, the 18th. And so it has been a challenge. We had local vets that took our vouchers. However, they've been struggling as well because as vets retire, they're struggling to fill those spots. We had two private vets that would take up to 10 TNR vouchers a month from us, which gave the community a little bit more um, private options, you know, a uh, local in our town. However, most recently, we've been sending people to a clinic that's in a city called Porterville. They have Hope for Cats does a low-cost spay and neuter clinic. And from us, it's about 40 minutes away. Um, However, they are accepting our vouchers. And so our vouchers currently are $30 per cat and that uh, we had... assisted them in writing a grant. So the $30 per cat covers basic respiratory vaccines, as well as a spay and neuter surgery. Uh, People can pay an additional $15 if they'd like their feral cats to receive a rabies vaccine.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like you've had to put together as an organization, a variety of different options to be able to do spay and neuter. It's not just going one way. So rather than depending on one resource, you're providing a variety of different options.
1: We try to really, you know, it's, um, it, it's been a challenge. We've just been doing the best that we can with what we have to work with, you know, um, f- fundraising, we do a lot of fundraising to provide, you know, because basically, if a person pays $30 for the voucher, and the vet sends us a bill for whatever we our organization pays the difference. So, you know, with costs have been rising, we're still trying to evaluate what that's going to look like for the upcoming year. But right now we're just keeping things the same cost and just trying to get ahead, really get ahead of kitten season.
0: (laughs) So is your organization only the spay neuter clinic or do you do
1: fostering? Do you do adoptions? Do you do other components for cats? So we do not do, we don't have a building. So we don't have a building. Um, The board of directors meets once a month. And then following the board meeting, we have an open meeting for the community, which we have really good attendance for. Um, So we go over some of the local challenges. We do have uh, partnerships with some rescues. Uh, One of our board members does um, serve on a rescue. That's a local organization here that does place CATS at uh Petsmart, our local Petsmart um for adoption. So, you know, the challenge then is fostering, right? Since we don't have a building and um, you know, some of us work full-time jobs, you know, so always being able, we're always looking for people who are willing to foster. You know, I just took a phone call from a gentleman this morning. He's got kittens. He needs somebody to come get him. I said, well, if you can get, I can help you catch them. If you can keep them, then we can help get them placed for adoption. You know, it's just always that interim space between when we get them and when we can, you know, get them fixed and vaccinated in place for adoption. But we do have very well working relationships with local rescues here.
0: Was that an intentional decision when your organization was founded to really focus on the spay neuter side of things, sort of with the understanding that, you know, that there are other organizations out there that are involved with The adoption, you know, foster care. I mean, that's very labor intensive. That sort of side of the cat puzzle is a very labor intensive thing, as well as the spay neuter is too. And the Mm -hmm. trapping is certainly labor intensive and that kind of thing. Did your organization really, when it started, feel like, oh, we want to focus on this
1: community cat TNR side of things? We did. And so we had a local vet, and I can't do this um, interview without mentioning her, uh, Dr. Kuzwa, who worked at Companion Animal Clinic, who really was the founder of Visalia Feral Cat Coalition before there was a Visalia Feral Cat Coalition. You know, we started in 2013 and became incorporated in 2014. But, you know, her love and passion for these basically voiceless animals you know, that that don't get a voice um, really ignited something in our community. And, um, you know, we found that A, there was a need for it and B, that we could help and that the community was willing to back us with donations and fundraisers and all kinds of things that we do throughout the year to continue to fund it.
0: Do you need expert help taming feral kittens for adoption? Watch the Taming Feral Kittens and Cats full-length workshop video now available for free on the Urban Cat League YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com and search Urban Cat League to see all of their videos to benefit community cats. Do you want to make things easier on yourself and the others in your organization? Our friends at Dubert have teamed up with the Dallas Pets Alive and Spay Neuter Network teams, and together they have created the companion case management module. It allows you to be more proactive with all your organization's needs. Create cases for your clients and organize them by type. Whether it is a rehoming situation, a pet parent needing food or medical assistance, Or simply spay and neuter inquiries. CCM can help you manage all of them right from the Dubert system. Plus, a huge bonus, it allows you to connect with those clients right from the case, so there is no need to open up new windows for emails or pull out your phone for text messages. Check it out and learn more at www.dubert.com to get started today. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are you know, real people look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. You did mention fundraising. I mm-hmm. hear all the time you can't raise money for spay and neuter. So how are you doing with fundraising?
1: So, you know, I really believe it's the um, relationships that we have fostered in our community by the work that we've done. Uh, we, so last year we had an amazing yard sale. We had, we posted on our Facebook page, people donated Stacey. I've never seen so much stuff. I mean, the lady who had the garage sale did not have room for it. And she lives in the country. That's how much stuff people had donated to us. You know, all of the donations are of course, you know, uh, tax deduction because we are a 501 C, but, uh, we've had a poker night. We've done, a silent auction. We've done a no banquet banquet where, um, each year a different cat is focused as the no banquet banquet cat, you know, who says, I don't like to party. I'm kind of shy. I'm just a feral cat. I really don't want you coming over, but let's have an online banquet really kind of started to during COVID. You know, uh, we've partnered also with, um, A couple other rescue organizations and a couple years ago we had a joint fundraiser where we had baskets and we raffled and there was a band that donated their time um so really the fundraising and as with everything it ebbs and flows right but fiscally we have been responsible and we have you know i don't know it's just kind of one of those things it's like you know God provides, the universe provides, whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I believe, you know, where the heart is, like it just, we've just been able to make it happen. And, um, you know, I think our community members see it, our donors see it, Um, people who come to our events, they see it. You know, Um, we had a blast at the garage sale. You know, the poker night was a lot of fun, something different. It was catered so people played cards and um just always trying to come up with different ways to rain, raise funds.
0: So you said you're an all-volunteer organization.
1: You know, how many cats did you spay and neuter last year? We did 1,418 cats last year, which, however, is down because the year before, we spayed and neutered over 3,000 cats. And we really attribute the, the reduction due to vet availability. That's a big sign of how the vet shortage is... Right
0: challenging, you know, Mm -hmm. our, our organizations. We're really losing our capacity. Do you see that changing going forward or do you see that challenge continuing?
1: I see the challenge continuing, but we do have a couple resources, if you will, in the pipeline. You know, we're um, constantly putting feelers out, uh, reaching out farther than just our limited community. Uh, It's one of the things we'd like, you know, is on our agenda tonight to talk to is that perhaps not just looking at the vets that are here in Visalia, maybe the partnering counties that are around us, you know, um, really. We can do a lot of good work if we can get a vet to come and we can pay them for a Saturday's worth of work. We might be faced with paying them more, more money. And Yeah. And, you know, when we always try to offset that cost and at the same time, you know, we might have to defer some of it to the community. We always take a look at the pros and cons of that before we make any adjustments. But yeah, you know, a spayed and neutered cat in the long term costs less money than kittens and sick cats and rescue bills and, you know, emergency vet bills.
0: Does your organization have a relationship with the
1: local animal control or animal services at all? So we do, actually. Visalia Animal Services, they're the ones that handle, you know, the calls for perhaps, you know, a deceased animal or whatever. They do do TNR for us. However, it's, you know, I think sometimes, unfortunately, uh, politics change things and management changes it within the city government and so rules get changed but we originally had a really good plan worked out with them where we did uh, they would do tnr for ten dollars for people who were within the city limits from my understanding that amount of cats has gone down one in particular because they don't have a local vet. So people are dropping off cats and they're loading them up on a bus or a van, if you will, and driving them out of town to a different vet. So they're being recovered up there. And then by the time, you know, the cats get back, people sometimes maybe aren't comfortable with them saying, well, we'll just release your cat back to the address you gave us where you TNR'd it. You know, a lot of people who are passionate about this, they want to go pick their cat up, right? They want to physically pick it up and they want to put it in their car. They want to know that it's okay. So, you know, just some challenges, but we do have a working relationship with them. And, you know, we're just always trying to see how we can make it better. So there's a lot
0: of jobs that are needed when you are running a nonprofit organization, all with volunteers. You're, you're an operational board. So there are people sort of doing the work as well mm-hmm. as the governance, making sure that the finances are dealt with, the administration. How
1: does your board work? So the president is Lisa and I'm going to mop up her last name, Kukula, but her and her husband, she's the board president. Um, you know, we have a secretary, um, who takes the minutes at our meetings. You know, we, every month when we come to our meetings, we have a budget that goes over where the funds were dispersed, what exactly we've gotten in donations, where our current standing is any upcoming expenses. Um, you know, we, we all just come together. And um, when we have clinics, you know, we have a sign up, we always make sure weeks in advance that our clinics are fully manned. And not only necessarily by board members, we have um, very active community members who are in um, active in our colonies that we support, because that's a whole nother part of our um, organization. So they they're, they're coming as well, and they're volunteering to help man our clinics. Because it takes, I want to say about 10 people, 10 volunteers at a minimum to run our clinics. And that's not including the vet staff, nor the vet that handles the surgeries.
0: Yeah, no, that's a big group. It's, I would say for our clinics that the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society does on a monthly basis, and they get all the volunteers for all the stations. Uh, it's, you know, probably about 30, 35 people, um, okay. that are involved in various components of, of the clinic, uh, cause it's a pretty spread out location. So the recovery people have to be different people from maybe the check-in people and that kind sure. of thing. So there's a, but there's an interesting show flow that goes on when you're talking about those clinics to have right. the cat traveling through this whole process and then coming out of the end with all the right information is a beautiful thing. It's this magical symphony.
1: Right. The right cat in the right trap with the right blanket with the right paperwork goes to the right person.
0: Yep. It's a beautiful thing when all of <laughs> yeah. that happens at the same yeah. same time. Um you know you you spoke a little bit before uh we hit the record button about, you know, when you got involved in helping cats, not only were you I don't know, invigorated about helping and serving cats in the community. You were just really amazed about the people that you have met and you've become, you know, friendly with and that kind of thing. And I I can't uh, stress this anymore. There are so many people that over the years I've become great friends with that I would never have met because without the bond that we all have with regards to our passion for cats, really... And you know they're they're just folks that of all different income ethnicity levels. Our baseline is
1: all about cats. You want to touch a little bit upon your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, and I think you're right. And perhaps maybe not even a social circle, right? Like there are people that you wouldn't have met, and. You're right. I mean, we have some people who are retired. I mean, we have uh, people who are, you know, perhaps like on law enforcement, uh, people who are in construction, uh, people who do, you know, um, public service. um, And we have lots of people who are just private volunteers that do colony management here that are involved with our organization as well. And then even just to see the diversity in our monthly meetings And the people that come that are involved in the TNR process, you know, that are managing their own neighborhoods from all walks of life, right, from all neighborhoods. It doesn't, you know, it's um, I think your love for cats and your love and compassion for the well-being of these, I always say, the voiceless animal, right? They don't have a voice. Nobody sticks up for them unless we do. And so to the people that come together for that is beautiful. If folks
0: are interested in finding out more about your organization, whether they're local or national or whatever, what's the best way to do it? And I will say your website is beautiful, but they will say that. Um, Thank Dr. you.
1: I will <laughs> let Lisa know because she designed it. She's our computer guru. Like I probably couldn't send her, you know, she does all the Excel stuff. She does all the, yeah. Yeah. I just, I log into zoom. I can handle that. But um, so we have a couple different ways. We actually have a YouTube channel uh, where we post TNR videos, information about trapping, information about different aspects of TNR. We also have a Facebook group, which is Visalia Feral Cat Coalition, and we post all kinds of stuff on there. Links to our different clinics, also the link, the signups to our monthly clinics. We have a volunteers page, which I think makes us a little unique, where we have not necessarily do you have to be a member of the volunteer, of the Visalia Fur Cat Coalition, but you can associate yourself as a volunteer. And people reach out all the time, like, hey, I have a cat that's here. Somebody posted a couple weeks ago, somebody had dumped a cat and they, um, it ran up a tree and somebody posted in there and the fire department came and got the cat. And that was made possible right by this Facebook page. You also mentioned our VisaliaFeralCatCoalition.org web webpage. And we also, on that web page, we have a contact phone number, which is something new. It's going to a Google Voice number, which comes to my phone. And so I'm able to personally respond to people's phone calls. I ask only if it's an emergency to please leave in voicemail. Otherwise, to send me an email, but always to send us an email, info at org, and somebody will get back to you as soon as they can. Excellent. We'll make sure we have
0: those links all in the show notes for, Great. The, for the podcast. Nikki, is there anything else you'd like
1: to share with our listeners today? No, I just, you know, I hope that if you could see one ounce of the love for what we do that comes through in this interview, you know, I hope it sparks something in you because this work is monumental. It's It goes beyond what we can see, you know, and just like, you know, one cat at a time, we can make a difference.
0: I agree with you so much. Turn your passion for cats into action. Nikki, I want to thank you so much for being guest on the show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Oh, thank you so much. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats.